0: In today's episode, we're discussing extracurricular activities, our philosophy around the role of extracurricular activities and what extracurriculars our kids are enrolled in. Hey everyone, welcome to the Papay Fatiki podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. The pandemic has obviously thrown a wrench into the school year, but the other thing that has been impacted are our kids' extracurricular activities. And for most of the pandemic, my daughter has been asking when she'll be able to go back to her swimming lessons, You know, now that we appear to be turning the corner with vaccinations, we're starting to think about what our post-pandemic extracurriculars will look like. And so today we're discussing extracurricular activities. So first of all, here's my deal. I'm Dave, I have a four-year-old girl and ai have a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. (laughs) I'm Jim, I've got a seven-year-old girl and a five-year-old girl. So in doing some of the research for this episode, we found a report from the U.S. Census Bureau uh, which showed that children tend to have higher levels of school engagement when they're involved in one or more activities like sports, clubs, or lessons. And 42% of children who took lessons were highly engaged in school compared to 33% of children who did not. The census survey also found that 42% of school-aged children were involved in sports, 30% 30% were involved in lessons and 28% were involved in clubs. 9% of children participated in all three types of extracurriculars. So Jim, you know, when I was growing up extracurriculars weren't really a thing in my school and maybe that's a function of this you know, I went to a very small school and so there weren't a lot of sort of school sponsored activities, but I'm wondering what if any extracurriculars you did growing up? For talking
1: about elementary school, it's it's funny in thinking about this. I was trying to remember what it was that my friends did, because I know what I did, and what I did is we had uh, CYO, a Catholic youth, youth Organization basketball, is something that we did after school. Cub Scouts. I know that there were girls and Girl Scouts. Um, there might have been other things organized through the school, but I don't I don't really remember. So those were pretty much the things that I did. My brother did something similar. Uh, my sister did some some other sporting things uh, for after school, but that was not until later. So. I guess from my experience, a little bit of sports. Uh, my brother did, uh, did uh, Cub Scouts. I didn't. Um, but nothing really organized through the school. So I don't know if it was a cultural thing throughout the school. I just kind of know about my experience. And, and it's interesting. Maybe there were more extracurricular activities that I just
0: didn't know the kids were doing. And did you do anything when you, so you mentioned that was specifically for elementary school, but did you do anything through middle and high school? Yeah,
1: I played music. I was in a band uh, through the school, you know, a, a jazz band through the school. And we had uh, evening concerts and performances, uh, after school practice sometimes. Um, I did played basketball through high school. Uh, I worked with a video production. Uh, what do you call that? Um, like oh, a like work study club? thing? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a work study thing through a, through the school. We learned how to use video cameras, and work in a studio and stuff, because yeah. so that was an extracurricular.
0: Um, yeah, so that's it. <laughs> That's actually quite a lot. That's, that's a lot of stuff. I was, I was surprised. What, uh, what instrument did you play? I'm curious. I didn't saxophone. know you played instruments. Oh, yeah, I played okay.
1: saxophone. I haven't played in years, but it's funny. The, a couple of times I have picked one up and it's just like riding a bike, they say, right? It's all in there somewhere. Some kind How of weird really? muscle memory. Do, do the girls know that you can play? They do, yeah. They've never heard me, but they, they every time there's a saxophone in a song, they're like,
0: hey, hey, dad, it's a saxophone. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, you know, on my end, uh, it's funny, again, talking about the size of the school and you made me think about something, which is, so again, small school in the high school, it was like a hundred kids. We couldn't even feel the co-ed baseball team. Like there was just not <laughs> enough interest to get a baseball team going. My friend really, really tried. He really wanted to pull that off. So yeah. And, and I feel like, I don't know, just in growing up, it just didn't feel like there were, kids were doing a lot of stuff outside mm-hmm. of school. I mean, when I was younger, I was in the boys course, which was a great experience. I mean, we, we toured Europe and we toured domestically and we did, you know, pro sporting events and, and we sang for visiting dignitaries. So that was a really great experience. And then when I was in high school, I was playing ice hockey. I started in, in ninth grade. I was, which is fairly late, I think for, for a sport like that, but I played four years of ice hockey in, in high school. And, but I, I don't, Think with the exception of maybe one of my friends who played baseball and football I can't think of anybody um at least in my group that that played or that did anything outside of school I guess there's one guy who uh was in a bowling league but that was kind of about it I I feel like it just wasn't maybe a thing when we were growing up as much as it is Mm -hmm. you know these days where it's kind of like everybody's doing everything yeah all the time, you know, starting from you know whatever two years old.
1: Yeah, we had a lot of unstructured time, and I I compare my childhood to the childhoods that I see now. And that, you know, we get out of school at three o'clock. If you know, let's if we did have extracurricular, maybe it was two days a week. And so we had a lot of unstructured time. You know, between three and five or six o'clock, when mom and dad would come home from work, and you know, we found ways to entertain ourselves. You know, we'd play with our friends. I did a lot of mountain biking when I was in uh, right. junior high and high school. Uh, spend a lot of time outdoors. but uh, So I think you're right. I think it may be a generational thing and that there are more extracurricular activities. And I know that they, what's the phrase, the uh, the curated childhood, you know? And parents mm-hmm. are so involved in getting just the right extracurricular and just the right extra experience for their kids in just the right way. And I think that's a little heavy-handed. You know, I, maybe that's part of my experience. I think there should be some unstructured time. And so my uh, philosophy, I guess, is that it should be something that she both of them really want to do and that um you know it's going to improve their improve their well-being one way or another you know we talked earlier about the language and about how that you can really get that at an early age there are some other things like
0: physical education
1: that they should probably learn now
0: mm-hmm. so i mean you said something that i thought was really interesting because it, it provides sort of a segue in terms of how the parents are involved in this process and and you know again in, in doing the research for the podcast this this report that i found from lending tree they found that eight in 10 parents who have children who participate in extracurriculars, those parents think that those pursuits could someday lead to income for their child. So I think a very interesting way of determining sort of what kinds of activities they want their children to get involved in. And so, you know, of those people that responded to that survey, 62% were in debt for their child's activity, which that is, is crazy, right? I mean, that that feels very extreme. Um, and, you know, so sports teams were the most popular 30% music, 16%. I, I'm going to blame that on the rise of all these music competition shows on TV, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, dance at 15 gymnastics, 12, 9% did cheerleading, 8% martial arts, beauty, pa- beauty pageants and debate team, 3% each. Um, I don't know how many people are using those as a Stepping stone to greater income, but I, I suppose they're both both beauty pageants and debate team have their uses in, could uh, be. in Future jobs in well, their own specific ways.
1: So when I read this and I read 8 and 10 and my jaw hit the floor like that seems That seems overly optimistic, isn't it? 80% of the I mean, were we talking about like ballet Swimming like it's gonna lead to income. Yeah, yeah that's, I thought it's hard for me
0: to believe I thought that was Substantial. I did do. I mean, it's look. It's from Lending Tree, right? So, right. understanding the background. But they, you know, they commissioned somebody else to do this. So, it, I don't think, at least from from what I read, it, they weren't talking to like Lending Tree clients. So, there was some level of, you know, variation in terms of who they're talking. But that that felt high, and yeah, that, that seems did, delusional. Or yeah, that did that did feel like all right. Well, you know, if I play for you know whatever football, you know, for my kid, they're going to be a an NFL athlete like that, yeah, no, that feels like that's a not um, not likely to happen. But I, I don't know. I mean, everybody's got their own take on you know how they choose yeah. their extracurriculars. Um, so you know, you had mentioned, I guess, you'd started to touch on your philosophy about extracurriculars, and you were talking about the the whole person education. Um, what else? Kind of how else do you think about? The types of activities that you guys engage in, in, in terms of extracurriculars, are there other? Are there other sort of variables that you're looking at? Certainly not income. <laughs> <laughs> that still surprises me.
1: And I, I well, that aside, so no, none, none. of the things that we're talking about are potential careers. Uh, I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. And you know, if it is, if let's say something like ballet, the older one takes ballet. If it's something that she wants to make a career out of, she's going to do that. That's something that she's going to drive. She's going to be the one that's going to be, uh, you know, the motivator to to get that done. I don't, we're not certainly investing in a career as far as the, the ballet lessons here. So I think my philosophy, you know, the closest that I can get is I might encourage them to pick up women's lacrosse in high school, maybe because it seems like there's some some, uh, low-hanging scholarships for that kind of sports, Mm. or women's soccer. But that's about as close as I can get to sort of monetizing these extracurricular activities. (laughs) Uh, For the most part, you know, we talked about the language, things like language and um, physical education, body movement, uh, and then things that are entertaining. Music, you know, music is like language. You learn it at a young age. You kind of have it for the rest of your life. So those things that I would prioritize, those things that are best and easiest to learn when you are young when when you're a child or when they're children and then and then the things that they enjoy you know anything that they that they is going to give them joy and you know obviously if they like it they're going to be better at it if they're better at it they're going to like it more it's going to give them self esteem you know they'll be excited about it so those are I'm really letting them drive uh you know the sorts of activities that that we're doing and you know I guess I'm going to talk about education, early childhood education, I guess I'll call it this sort of extracurricular stuff. There's the sort of whole body principle, the whole person principle, you know, some, uh, you know, some music, some liberal arts kind of stuff, some physical education, uh, academics, obviously, there's, you know, anything that we can do to contribute that sort of whole person development, I think is the direction that I want to go.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, on our end, I think we sort of thought about it similarly. So I think first of all, we've originally when we were starting to think about extracurriculars when she was younger wanted to keep the activities pretty tight you know maybe once or twice a week and as she had started to you know she grows right she just becomes more capable and she has more interests. and so we i would say starting last year we started to pivot to opening things up and last year my big sort of feeling was that now is the time to explore a bunch of different things and basically just shotgun a bunch of things that she's interested in, and then see which ones she likes, and then for her to you know if she likes it to continue down a path to gain mastery or you know some level of just you know more involvement in that particular mm-hmm. extracurricular. And and I will say that I think part of that is because in in the school right now you know we don't have homework right so obviously right. adding the homework becomes. A lot different, right? So last year, you know, school's over at whatever 315. There's plenty of time to, you know, fit in some extracurricular before dinner and then you'd still being able to get to sleep at a reasonable hour. So I think that, you know, as homework gets introduced next year, I think that's something that we're... We're gonna to have to really think about because, as as you mentioned, you know, there's a ton of research actually about the importance of unstructured playtime, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't want to get her into a situation where it's just, you know, it's homework, activity, go to sleep. You know, that that's that's not a fun life, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, at this age, that's way too much stress to be putting on a kid. Mm-hmm. To, you know, they should be having more fun than that. So, I, I think you know, again, we'll have to see how things change next year. we'll, we'll really, I think, have to start making some tougher decisions about what kinds of things we want to be doing. And, and like you, you know, I don't think we're necessarily focused on, well, we're certainly not focused on, hey, this is going to become a job for her in the future. Uh, and I think for the most part, we're not really focused on extracurriculars that will advance her academics, at least not mm-hmm. right now, right. with maybe one exception. So kind of the way that, we, that we've sort of broken down the, the general extracurriculars that we look at are Life skills, which I guess is maybe similar to the whole body concept in terms of what in terms of what we've actually chosen, which is you know swimming, right? So my wife, she swims. She comes from a tropical country. Whenever we go there, the daughter's gonna swim. That it just it is what it is. So that's a life skill she needs to learn how to do that. Language class, um, you know, we mentioned in the podcast about bilingualism. My wife speaks a different language, so it's important for her our daughter well, and our son too, to to be able to learn sort of properly how to read and write and all that stuff. Self-defense, which I think is a life skill. And um, I guess the the one sort of caveat, or the one uh, exception to this academic thing is there, she's right now, our daughter's in a math class that it's a Japanese abacus class. And so initially they start learning to use the abacus for mental math and it will eventually progress to the point where you can do complicated mental math, you know, multiplication, division, all sorts of crazy stuff with, you know, six figures, seven figures. uh, And and you can do that all in your head. Right. So that's those are sort of the life skills. And then the other group of things that we have are interest based. Right. The things that she is interested in. So uh, chorus, ballet. She was doing sewing class for a while. And we have sort of one rule as it relates to extracurriculars which is that you cannot quit because it gets harder yeah you have to sort of play it out and and i think that it was really interesting to see that in play because i I had set that up early on so one of the very first extracurriculars that she did was ice skating because one of her friends was doing it and so we went ice skating and you know she enjoyed it and i said but you know look when we start this you can't quit just because it gets harder and where i was really um where i really saw that come through was she was in ice skating and jujitsu jitsu at the same time, and she had actually graduated levels in both of those classes within two weeks of each other. And the the increase in difficulty between each level was substantial. And I think that um, you know having one class jump a level is already difficult right. enough, but to have then the second yeah. one within yeah. two weeks and that really, really substantial jump, and I was really proud of the way that she handled that because – you know, she never, it was hard. You could see it. She wasn't, she wasn't into it, but she did it. And mm-hmm. I will say at the beginning of jujitsu, there was some controlling. but that she knew that, you know, this is just something you have to do. And at least for ice skating, you know, Hey, it got harder. You can't just, yeah. you can't just quit because it's tough. And, and and hopefully at least that teach that, you know, that grit. And so that we're, at least we're sort of using these as a way to impart, you know, some, or reinforce some other life skills. So mm-hmm. That's kind of how we look at it. I'm curious, you were talking about, uh, I think on the the types of activities that you're doing that you, I think you said you introduce your daughter to some of those and then some of them she picks, is that right? Like you do a little bit of combination of, I think this would be interesting for you and then your daughter comes to you with other things that she wants to do?
1: Yeah, I think most of what we've done is just kind of introducing these subjects or introducing these activities to her. And the ballet she started, very young so I don't even think she really had a choice in that uh, mm-hmm. and I don't recall why we had why that was such a priority at such a young age you know what it was is that we just didn't really have any understanding about how old she was you know she was probably 18 months We're like she's ready for ballet and now that we've, <laughs> you know now yeah. that we've got a, a toddler and we had a toddler we could see that you know we maybe we were being a little aggressive <laughs> on that timetable but um, but now yeah, she enjoyed it which is why she why we've kept it up and similar to to your daughter's experience you know we have days when she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to get on her clothes. She doesn't want, whatever it is that we're doing, like she just doesn't want to do it, drags her feet. And our conversation is, all right, you don't want to do this, but you know what you signed up for it. The time to have that conversation is before we enroll for the semester Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, you know, now that you're here, do it, you know, do the best you can. And usually she gets started and everything is fine. And to, to your point about your daughter's experience, about the level up. One of the things that I really enjoy seeing in the extracurricular activities is seeing her get, the older one in particular, seeing her get much better at, uh, she's in a chorus, seeing her get better at singing, see her get better at her ballet, swimming, back when we did swimming, and that gives them a lot of self-esteem. And so not only is it something that they enjoy doing, but it gives them that self-esteem and then they're good at it and it you know feels good. So I, I empathize with your daughter to, uh, to level up into different activities at the same time it's just it's kind of miserable not to be good at something for a while particularly two things at the same time so so the things that we've got mostly we introduce them and other than the like you say the cajoling we're not i'm not going to force them to do anything you know Mm -hmm. i want them to enjoy it. i want them to be the ones that are driving those activities so I i can't yeah and i can't think of anything well, here's an example. I started to introduce this, again, right about uh, before COVID started. Uh, we were going to do some, some rock climbing at a rock climbing gym. And that's, not, that's something that she had maybe seen at a birthday party, I think, was kind of interested in, kind of not. It's something that I had done um, just many years ago. And so I wanted to, that's something that I would have introduced and probably would have stayed with her, you know, for maybe two or three times just because she's got to get good enough to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then once she enjoys it, then I'll, then she can decide is that something she still wants to do or not. So, I think of the of what you're describing. It's really just kind of a like a cafe model, right? We've got a whole bunch of things. Try them mm-hmm. out. If you want to? Yeah. I'll let you. You want to pick some things? Great. We'll introduce some things. Try it out, and you know we'll see what we'll see what works.
0: Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I was interested because you you brought up the whole. I guess I did, and then you played off at the 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 concept of that sort of comfort level. The. Uh, Master awkwardness, but yeah, I mean, sort yeah. of wanting to be master of of something, and it's really interesting because as they switch levels, you can see the level of discomfort they have where they've gone yeah. from a class where they they have mastery of that level, and then the uncomfort, you know, that sort of it's super uncomfortable to get into the next level, and then to be like, well, I can't do any of this, and it mm-hmm. right, it's it feels so much safer to well, let me just go back to the level I was at because I knew how to do everything, and I excelled at that. But, yeah, I mean, that sort of level of, um, you know, pushing through that discomfort and giving them the confidence to know that everybody has to start somewhere. And remember right. that when you started ice skating, you couldn't even stand up. And then you got to the end of this class where you could skate forward. And then you got to the end of this class where you could skate backwards and, and so on and so forth. I think that's also, I guess, maybe the other thing that, that they can take away from extracurriculars, right, Is there, are those other – soft skills but those other life skills that, that a lot of these things allow you to impart uh, just through the process of having the extracurriculars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah there's something about learning to fail
1: or mm-hmm. just being being bad at something right yeah. you know I, I was remembering when we were maybe it was we ice skated you know maybe up at up at, uh, up at the mountains or uh, i think the older one had some ski lessons and at first she fell down a lot Right, and I just tell it, you're doing it perfectly. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you do when you're learning something: is that you got to fall down and figure out how to do it. So there is a. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I don't know if it's a perseverance thing or if. A, I mean, I I want them to be comfortable failing, because that's yeah. how you learn, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it. So it's funny we're having this conversation now because we're working um, on instilling a growth mindset in our daughter, right? Mm-hmm. So this this concept that it's really about what you learn from the experience and not necessarily the outcome because right if you always focused on the outcome then you don't push yourself to ever do anything because it there's always that risk of failure but if you're comfortable with saying the process is the goal is understanding the process and learning from that and if you can if you can take pleasure in that process that you know you're going to have better outcomes at, at everything you do and so yeah I think that's another thing that uh, I guess maybe another way and I hadn't thought about it as you said it right that that's another yet another way because right now what we're trying to do is impart a lot of that in just how we talk to our daughter yeah. and you know th- some books that we have about perseverance and things like that but I hadn't really thought about it in terms of hey remember when you started swimming and yeah. you, you know mm-hmm. you, you could only make it like you mm-hmm. could barely stick your head in the water and now you, you know you can swim the length of the pool or the width of the pool without coming up for air that reminding her about that and 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 all the work that it took to get there right. and to savor that accomplishment when you get there mm-hmm. um, is I, I think so important and and again it's it is something that i think we forget to do along the way that i should start being more i guess proactive as, as we reintegrate into our extracurriculars mm-hmm. um, you know hopefully they'll be coming up soon
1: you're hitting on a key part of it, and I guess we'll just call it character building, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. a learning, yeah. how to, learning how to be miserable at something or not good at it, and then learning how to be better. And that, that look-back period that you're describing is really powerful, and not only is it self-esteem, but it uh, you know, helps build confidence mm-hmm. that, yeah, look at how far you came. You know, you're totally capable of doing it, and hopefully that lesson sticks for other things.
0: Yeah, so you know, when did your kids start with extracurriculars, and, and what was the impetus for getting them involved?
1: Like I said, the seven-year-old, we started her in ballet really
0: young. Maybe it wasn't 18
1: months. Maybe it was two years or three years or something like that at, um, you know, one of the local neighborhood schools that are kind of like daycare mm-hmm. ballet classes. But it is something that she enjoyed, and so we kept it up. And then the younger one, in watching her older sister do the ballet, she's got a strong interest in it. And unfortunately, just when she was getting into the classes, we had the the COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally got her into the, you know, the class. that has got the, the studio with the mirrors mm-hmm. and the bar and all that. Uh, so she's missing out on that. And then for swimming, I think it was five. I think there were five and three when we started. And uh, uh, and they learned really quickly and they picked it up. And again, I think that's I, I was really motivated to do that because, you know, if they fall in the pool, at least they'll have a fighting chance of, yeah. you know, making it to the side. I mean, it was really like a safety issue for me, mm-hmm. uh, but it's something that they really enjoyed doing. And then the chorus. Uh, we started in first grade, so I guess my daughter was uh, five or six, mm-hmm. uh, probably or six or six uh, years old. And then the younger one, she's really kind of getting the the raw deal with COVID. It just as she's coming into that age where she's yeah. got enough control over her her motor skills, her gross motor skills, and has the sort of uh, you know attention span that she could do some of those activities. She's just been deprived of them, unfortunately. So. Uh, I am looking forward to post COVID for her, and I think ballet is probably something she's going to take. She's got that interest. Definitely go back to swimming, and then like her sister, she does a lot of singing, a lot of um, impromptu singing, dancing. So maybe we could get her into some sort of activity that way. But, mm-hmm. but again, it's the things that things that I've observed in her that she does or that she's that she's good at or that she enjoys doing. How do we channel that into something similar for an activity? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean for us we started with some after-school activities in about pre-k-4 There were, you know dance and movement classes offered Not by the school, but through program, you know after-school programs So we could just kind of extend the school day. It's sort of like a child care thing So it was helpful for us and there were some science classes. I think we started our first um, You know outside school activity was ice skating that was I guess that was maybe pre-K four, I think, when we started that. And then I guess the next couple dominoes that fell were swimming and ballet, I think. And what, you know, the impetus for us was that our daughter sort of seemed ready. And I guess we were mentally ready. I mean, I remember when we started in pre-K three already, it was like everybody was doing all these extracurricular activities, which was nuts. And, And my wife was like, uh... Are we missing? Are are we bad parents? Like, what's happening here? We had the same conversation. Right? And I just remember telling my wife, I'm like, look, we don't need to keep up with the Joneses here. Like, when we're ready and when she's ready, I think we'll know it. And, you know, that came like a year later. But I remember, like, in pre-K3, we had friends that were, like, taking their kids Uh, They were getting ski lessons. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, we're like three, four hours away from the mountains. So it's not like, you know, it's it's not like it's something in our backyard. Like these parents were like devoted to like taking their kid out skiing, you know, whatever, uh, multiple times a month. I'm like, whoa, we're not we're not anywhere there yet. But it it really felt like there is this pressure, as you could see everybody doing all this stuff. And we were literally like, wait a minute, like, w- mm-hmm. are we the bad parents here? Like, what's going on? And, I, you know, again, I don't know if that's, again, a cultural thing, whether that's just all of a sudden that the norms have changed where, you know, there's just this pressure for everybody to do a bunch of stuff. But uh, I feel good that we we at least held off for a year and that we didn't feel – I mean, we felt pressured, but that's not why we started doing extracurriculars. It, it just felt like it was the right time to introduce some of those things mm-hmm. and and she certainly enjoyed um ice skating we did that for almost a year um so that was you know that felt right at that time and because she had a friend in there too it it just sort of a natural extension of you know uh, maintaining the relationship outside of school which which was i think interesting and, and, and sort of important to just kind of see how that would work out at you know when, when they were younger so you know pre-covid it sounds like actually maybe run down a your schedule pre-covid i mean you were in swimming and ballet and you know how often were you guys doing activities and chorus and all this stuff you know
1: we've been saying i've i think that i've been saying that we're really not doing a lot but you just asked that question and yeah we had a pretty busy schedule it was <laughs> yeah. i don't know if all these activities overlapped at the same time they probably did for for some time but it was um, it was chorus after school on mondays uh, I don't think there's anything on Tuesday, Wednesday. So, of course, after school on Thursday, Friday night swim lessons, Saturday morning ballet for one of the daughters, Sunday morning ballet for the other daughter. Mm-hmm. And so then you add in a couple of birthday parties and some play dates on the weekends, and uh, it's a pretty full schedule. So so uh, so that made, so after school, well, I think that you, you were describing the same thing through the, the school program where they had gymnastics class and things mm-hmm. like that. So those were, but they, as you said, it's kind of childcare, mm-hmm. um, uh, things that they could do that was entertaining for child care rather than extracurricular activities that were, were the, yeah. the main focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, of course, a couple days. And then there's the weekends with the ballet and swimming that were pretty stacked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On our end, I guess, similar to you guys with, with the younger one, right? So pre-COVID, our youngest were, uh, what, three going on four at that point. So mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least for the boy, unfortunately, he, he was in swim class, but that was it, um, So most of what the schedule was, was for our daughter. And as I alluded to sort of at the beginning of the program, she was pretty scheduled. And actually, I would say maybe a month or two before COVID broke, she came to me and said, I feel like I have too much stuff going on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what? I appreciate the awareness uh, for her to say, hey, I feel like I got too much going on. I want to start pairing this Mm -hmm. thing back. And, uh, you know, COVID was the, I mean, COVID broke that entirely up for us. But, but um, you know, she was starting to get to a point where it was becoming a lot. So she was scheduled six days a week. You know, Monday, we had jujitsu life skills. So eventually he's gonna join that. Tuesday, both kids swam. So that was the one activity that he had where he was in the pool. But he was in the pool maybe, I think his lessons started maybe only six months before everything got locked down. And, you know, we haven't been back to the pool since. Wednesday, we had the, the the math, the abacus class, which he'll, our son will join eventually. Thursday was girls' chorus. Friday was off, finally. And then Saturday, she had language class, which he'll eventually join. Sunday was ballet, which she no longer wants to do, so at least that opens things up. And then actually over the summer, I think, I can't remember exactly when, it was last, maybe, no, it was after school, uh we she was in sewing classes so you know it's just there was stuff all over the place and uh yeah i mean i could certainly see how she was getting over scheduled and and uh, you know also just uh, uh, from the parents perspective constantly shuttling kids yeah back and forth which was, was becoming uh, difficult yeah um and my schedule at a time, lot of time yeah i mean my schedule at the time allowed me some flexibility because also she had jiu-jitsu twice a week for some portion of that which then take us took us almost to seven i think seven days a week for a little while so i had a schedule that allowed for some flexibility for me to take her to jujitsu. i don't have that flexibility anymore so again i you know things are going to be different sort of posts i guess what are you guys doing now given all of the restrictions that we still have with covid Unfortunately, it's just the activities that have gone virtual. So both the chorus and ballet, they have
1: the uh, virtual, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, class sessions, I guess. Uh, so f- after school on the weekdays and then for the weekend. And that's that's pretty much it. And I, I know that there are some other kids in the neighborhood that are doing soccer, which I think outdoor soccer seems like an okay thing for the COVID. But we, we don't have any of those activities and no, no in-person extracurricular activities now.
0: Yeah, same same for us. We're doing language class. and. The math class actually the sewing class was not virtual it was in person but they had split the class up so some kids actually sewed outside <laughs> they brought an extension cord just wrapped around the building and they set up a tent outside and uh, enclosed it so that worked out pretty well and then some kids were inside but they had you know the doors open and they had the um the air purifiers and everybody had to wear masks and when they did eat lunch because it was a almost a full day camp everybody would eat outside so it felt you know pretty safe based on everything we knew at that point in time but that's the only thing that we had done in person and before we signed up for that we uh, talked to the owner about what she was planning to do to keep everybody safe and it, it felt you know it felt pretty safe to do that so I'm you know I'm curious with all the things that you guys did before how you know I guess what are your plans relative to you know returning to these educa uh, the um, extracurricular activities and and you know are there things that you were doing before that you know with covid you're like I it just doesn't feel like we're going to go back to that how are you guys thinking about that now the swim lessons are the one
1: that give me pause because that even in the best of times that felt like a like a literal petri dish yeah yeah you know it's just mm-hmm. wet lots of being in the pool, but I think that's just the way that swimming goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do want them to get back into the, both of them to be in the in-person activities because the things that we're talking about are the things about the activities themselves, you know, singing, music, physical education, learn how to use your body, but there's a whole other, other facet to that. And that's the, the, the social interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that the older ones kept up with those two activities despite that, I think, Speaks pretty highly to her interest in those those subjects, uh, because of the, it's that's all it is. It's pure distilled. Mm-hmm. You know, the very little social interaction. You're not talking with your friends or hanging on a break and things like that. You see them at the pick up and drop off. So, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as we can get them back into the in person activities, I'd I'd like to do that. And I, I think, even with swimming, I think any of those activities are going to be structured in a way that that'll be safe and and hygienic and and. Um, you know, have all the protocols that we need for the time being.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're really going to have to rethink a lot of our activities and, and sort of see where we are relative to vaccines and spreads. I, I think the Moderna looks like they might have early approval for or they're applying for approval for up to 12, 12 and above. But, you know, our, our kids are still they're still not in that group. And, and like you, you know, the the pool feels like the perfect environment for an airborne virus yeah, totally right? like yeah. it's it's wet That's where you it's get humid. the flu yeah <laughs> i mean that that feel and then you got the shower, like no yeah. mass like it feels yeah. like if you had to design the perfect environment yeah. Yeah. for a virus the, the swimming pool is it uh, the indoor swimming pool is it so i i don't know but i mean that being said you know i know that there's some indoor pools that have been open for a while And the fact that they haven't shut down does seem to indicate Mm -hmm. that, you know, people aren't getting sick because, you know, otherwise that that pool would have been shut down. So I don't know how much of the pool part is, you know, legitimate science or if that's, you know, us as parents just going, "Ah, it just doesn't feel safe.
1: I don't know. Maybe it's a big like chlorine fog that just takes care of everything. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Which would
0: be great. So, yeah, the, the pool and that is the one that more than anything she misses and and yeah, our son does likewise. too you know they mm-hmm. really i mean she'd been doing uh i think you know four years she had been at the pool and and so that was really the the longest tenured thing we have i think and so for her to just kind of cold turkey leave that was pretty rough and, and she still asks like you know when can i go back to the pool and, and the answer right now is i don't i don't know yet so mm-hmm. that, that's what we're going to have to think about. You know, jiu-jitsu, obviously, it's all grappling. So, no. there's, you know, you can't, it's not like some other martial arts where you can practice your forms. Like, jiu-jitsu, you're in somebody's mm-hmm. face. So that one also doesn't feel like we're necessarily going to be going to that one anytime soon. But I would like to get her back to that. Uh, and then chorus, I, I like what you said about how right now, chorus and ballet for your daughter, really, it's right, It's the, sort of the distilled essence of what it is. I think, right. I think that's why my daughter doesn't like it. That's I think yeah. that's why she she didn't come back this year because she really last year when they moved to virtual, she really, really struggled with it. She really yeah. just did not like singing. And part of it too was I mean you couldn't sort of hear other people yeah, like exactly right. I mean singing it's all about it's not,
1: not part of a chorus. It's just right. a whole bunch of soloists.
0: Right. And but all, it's all solo singing at the same time without being able yeah. to hear each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that it it does really take away from the experience so i can't blame her for that i i'm unclear uh if we're gonna restart that in the fall you know right now we're keeping our options open i sort of signed her up to re-enter but you know we're gonna wait probably a few months to kind of see where everything goes because also it's not even clear to me whether the chorus will open up for in person also um so i think you know for us it's like will the course open up in person and if they do do we feel comfortable going back when you know that was clearly a transmission activity you know for COVID. so and especially if you know if the kids don't have a vaccine yet i think that's really the the one that that's probably the one that we're really going to be most reactive to whereas i think the other two we can say you know i think the pool we can make a decision before we have to get to that point and at this point i don't i don't feel like jujitsu is going to come back anytime soon yeah um That's close quarters. We'll kind of have to see. Yeah. So, you know, of all the things that your daughters have done, is there anything that you sort of have always wanted them to do, whether or not they're doing it now? But, like, I kind of go back to that question about, like, were there things you thought, hey, my daughter's temperament or her interests really, I think she would be really interested in X? whether or not you've actually done it or it's still something that you're she needs to be a little bit older for for whatever reason you haven't started yet
1: that's a good question because the the singing and the dancing i think are innate in my daughters maybe it's innate in in every kid but it's those are things that that i saw they really enjoyed and they were and there was structured ways to to continue doing that the um, yeah, because I, I took this question in a different way. I thought, what are the things that I really want them to do? Totally selfish. What are the activities that I like to do? And can mm. I get them to do that too so I could do it with them? Uh, but probably not. You know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if my daughters are going to be really excited about fishing or playing golf or whatever. And if they are, I'll, I'll take them to do those activities. But uh, as far as their, the things that they are doing, I think that we've identified at least the, the, the germ of those things. That's sort of the essence of those things that then then we can push that into structured activities and have them encouraged in, in that way. Mm-hmm.
0: So I am interested in what you were saying about the kinds of activities that you're interested in. Because I have always been like, well, I can't wait till my daughter's old enough so that I can do X with her. So you mentioned like fishing and golf. Have you started to sort of plant seeds in their minds about that or like expose them to any... Like, have you started to lay the groundwork, like whether it's mini golf or just getting out in a boat or, you know, anything like that yet? We did some fishing when we were camping and they, they did really
1: enjoy it. They, and it is fun, you know, mm-hmm. particularly where we went, they stocked the river. So it's kind of like oh, fish cool. in a barrel, you know, <laughs> just kind of stand in river and throw your hook in there. Uh-huh. Uh, and they enjoyed that. They didn't quite enjoy the, you know, having the fish for dinner, but they had certainly mm-hmm. enjoyed the, the fishing activity. And uh, and with golf, I don't think they really understand. Well, we did do some mini golfing. They didn't really get it at all. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I think I've watched golf on on TV once or twice, so they know what it is. And I, I don't know that it's. I think that's something that they're going to have to. It was probably the older one. She's probably going to have to make the decision whether or not she wants to do it. And if she does, I'd I'd be glad to do it. I know that there's something about the, about the swing and the focus and the the sort of. Um, Something about that activity is supposed to be good for for children, particularly children that that have uh, uh, hyperactivity, I guess, Hmm. that help them to focus on this sort of complex body movement. It's supposed to be good for their their mental development, Hmm. but that's neither here nor there. So if they show an interest in it, that's great. Otherwise, then I'll keep doing what they want to do. You know, I did ballet with my daughter the other day, so she's the one that's choosing the activities that we're going to do together.
0: (laughs) I have always wanted to get my daughter into photography, So one of the early sort of breadcrumbs that I threw out there was I got her a Polaroid camera because I figured there's, you know, nothing like having a a tangible, you know, photo. Like, yes, you can, you know, take a picture on a digital camera, but I think there's still something different about having a tangible photo that you can touch and, and share with your friends. So I'm hoping that at some point, so when we go on vacation, sometimes I'll be like, "Hey, do you want to bring the, you know, the camera?" She won't necessarily remember to bring it, it, sort of proactively, but if I ask, she'll be like, "Oh yeah," and you know, she'll take pictures, and you know, some of it goes to waste, but that's okay because you know, as long as she's taking pictures, I'm I'm fine with that. And so I, I hope actually that's one thing that I hope to get them involved in. <laughs> the other super random thing that I've always wanted to do. This is one thing that I've wanted to do myself. Is I've always been interested in archery. And I've never, <laughs> I've never really had the chance to do it. I've taken a few classes here and there, and I've, I've gone as far as like looking at what the options are, where we are. This is not a big area for like archery ranges and stuff like that, but there is, there's a I don't know if it's a course or a range or whatever, but uh, it's an archery uh, place where they have the targets are dinosaurs, and you just follow the course along and you know whatever there's a t-rex to shoot at there's a velociraptor to shoot at and i always thought that would just be a fun thing to do with the kids you know you get a little bit of air you get a little bit of a hike in and then you go do your archery um yeah it's kind of a weird thing but i've always wanted to do that unclear if that'll ever happen but uh that's a scholarship activity that's a scholarship opportunity
1: how many female archer what do you call them archerists or Archery. Archers. Or archers. Archers. How many female archers are there going to UCs? Right. There's got to be a scholarship out there somewhere.
0: Well, it's it's funny because I also watch it at the Olympics and the archers are always older. Those are the yeah. ones that... So I feel like, you know what? I could pick this thing up and one day I could be an Olympic. If, if I train hard enough, I could do it.
1: Spring's eternal.
0: Right? So, yeah, I mean, it's talking... Those would be... You can the, still be an Olympic athlete. Right? The, the dream is not yet over. So, um, even though... You know i guess those are the things that i would love to do with my kids i i think the photography is possible i i think the archery is is less possible but uh i don't know hope springs eternal and and maybe i'll just you know uh we'll start with merida and we'll move on to katniss and um you know i'll just oh and i guess the new hawkeye disney plus uh show is with Haley steinfeld so there's another strong female archer for my daughter to follow in footsteps um, but you know, in terms of the things that I always have thought that she would like, and again, most of this is focused on the daughter because yeah, her son's exactly, not old enough yeah, yet, but I think, uh, the sewing class was always something I, I remember meeting the, the sewing instructor actually in pre K three at one of these open house events for, you know, after school activities. And I thought at, at three, I was like, I bet she would like this. And it sort of took a few years for me to get around to it, but she did enjoy the sewing class. She took a couple of those. Uh, she now seems to be a little bit less interested. So, but you know, at least for the time at that that initial phase, it did. She was really into it. She made uh, she made I think three garments. So she made a couple of dresses and a couple of skirts. So, you know, I, I think that was good for her. I always wanted her to be in the Girl Scouts, uh, just from a leadership perspective. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. I just don't feel like that's ever going to fit in in the schedule um you know sort of given all the requirements that they have and then i wanted her to be in girls chorus cuz i was in boys chorus i thought it was a great experience and she, you know she was doing that and hip hop i really think that she would like mm-hmm. hip hop she she loves to dance she likes to sing i mean i, I guess a lot of kids you know all kids like to dance and sing but i i feel like hip hop in particular she would like you know a few years ago i was into uh, what was that? It was, there's a Fox reality. So you think you can dance. And mm-hmm. so I used to watch that. And I used to watch that with her, actually, some of the clips, you know, because they, they have just the, the clips without all the story and the training that you can watch online. And she really enjoyed those. So I think that's kind of one that, you know, at some point I might, you know, try and, and, and uh, do with her, which I, I guess is, here's another question I have for you. Are there, is there anything in particular that your child has expressed an interest, like a particular interest in, that you haven't yet done for whatever reason? Again, they're not old enough or you just haven't gotten around to it because the schedule has been too packed.
1: The older one really wants to play basketball. She wants to play basketball and she wants to do piano. And so mm-hmm. I think piano, particularly during COVID is the more likely of the two. Yeah. But right now she's doing chorus and I feel like that's enough music for mm-hmm. you know for one week. So maybe when the chorus ends, maybe we'll get her signed up on piano lessons. And that's, that is something that she identified that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And then basketball, I'd re- I'm having a hard time figuring out how to how to encourage that. We don't, we, you know, we live in a condo. We don't really have a place to put a basketball hoop. Because mm-hmm. um, I think at her age, she needs, you know, like the mini hoop with the, the mini right. ball yeah. uh, rather than the full size ball. So I got to figure out how to encourage that. And then we'll find a class or a, mm-hmm. a, a team Camp for it or sooner
0: or later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let her try it out that way. You know, our daughter has always wanted to do rock climbing. And I actually remember how long she's wanted to do it because she asked me when she was four. And I remember that because I, I looked how old she needed to be she wasn't old enough yet. And so she was sort of counting down the days and the months until she turned five, which is when she could start the classes. And then she turned five and all, you know, all of a sudden we had all these classes. It just was, it wasn't possible to find a class that, um, you know, with the schedule that we could fit. But of course now that feels like a super safe concept and, and I've actually looked, you know, we're you know, as we're sort of pivoting to summertime activities and summer camps and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, man, rock climbing feels like that's going to be safe. You know, unfortunately, right now, all of the gyms are not all of their kids classes are canceled for the summer, at least for right now. And that just could be a function of, you know, we had just sort of come out of um you know some of the the more intensive covid stuff and i wonder if as we get a little bit close to summer they'll reevaluate that and bring some of those classes back but i mean we're going on what four years that she's been wanting to do it. and i was just talking to her a couple of days ago because again as, as we were thinking about summer activities and you know like are you still interested in rock climbing she's like yeah absolutely so and i think that's a good one just because there's a lot of like you know Conquer your fear, man. You know, like you know, going vertical is uh that is not an easy thing to do. And uh she you know, we might start it with bouldering, which my understanding is sort of like bouldering is like lateral, Mm -hmm. whereas Mm -hmm. rock climbing is vertical. You don't get
1: more than three feet off the ground. Yeah, Yeah.
0: but I think that the you know, I like sort of the the strategic element of trying to, you know, understanding your body and how that's gonna work. And can I reach this thing or am I gonna fall? And you know, all of those Things that are going on in your head, I think that's a um, an, an interesting way of sort of that mind-body connection and seeing that in in real life, which I think will be interesting. So that's kind of something that we're I think we're going to try. You know, another thing that I have really always been interested in, and I'm not clear if our daughter will be interested in it, but I think 3D printing you know that sort of and and certainly as it's becoming you know more mass market but to be able to take an idea that you have in your head and turn it into something physical or even say like my son is all about lego right now and if we you know if he wanted like to design a specific piece you know because he's all what i find really interesting about our son is he can spend like an hour just looking through the lego instruction (laughs) like the build manuals (laughs) and he'll just sit there and read through them and so it's interesting to see just the other day, he built an airplane with a, he was using um, like a car base to build his airplane. And I'm like, I never would have thought of that, right? Cause we have our mental models. Well, that's a car base. Like how, mm-hmm, why would you, mm-hmm. right? So I'm really kind of interested to see if 3D printing would be interesting for them. And again, sort of that creative process of here's something that was in your head that now all of a sudden is this tangible thing that is real to everybody, I think it's an interesting way to sort of exert your creativity. I mean, you can also draw, right? There's other ways of exert, like taking that, that thing that's in your head and, and making it real. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious to see if that would work. And, and there are more and more 3D printers. I just saw one that in particular uh, is geared towards children of our children's age. And so that's kind of another thing that I think our son in particular would be interested in, and would be something I'd like to try. And and so as the kids get older too, I'm kind of keeping tabs on like what the city, you know, programs are out there and and where she might match up. You know, like another one that I I'm, I'm curious if she would be interested in is like woodworking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she really enjoys making things with her hands. So she hasn't necessarily expressed a particular interest in it, but it does I think marry a bunch of things that she already likes to do and maybe just opens her up to a new avenue a new um method of uh, of doing those things so mm-hmm. I, I think that'll be interesting as they get older and and as and, and they start showing interest in maybe more complicated or obscure things like oh say archery hopefully right so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna keep pushing this as long as i can and uh, you know we'll see we maybe we'll go to the olympics together as a Father and yeah, father, child daughter, team, uh, yeah, archer fa- team. Right, father daughter, father son team. Or maybe maybe the next time you see us, it'll be the story will be on the Today Show because it's yeah, the father and, and his two children are in the
1: Olympics. So, so, what's the what is it about you? What is it? Where did the interest come for you? For uh, honestly, archery? I have no idea. I, my only
0: real experience with archery was at summer camp when I was like, I don't know, in middle school. And I just thought it was so cool. But I never, yeah, I mean, I never did anything with it. And I, that is actually one thing I regretted because, you know, where we live, it's not, there's not a lot of archery opportunities. Um, <laughs> you know, there's like, there's not a lot of classes even. I mean, there's, right. there, there's actually nowhere in the city that teaches uh, archery and there's sort of two different types of bows and, and the closest place is the next city over and it's not the one that I want to do. Um, and and I always, actually, that's one thing I regr- So I regret when I was younger, but on my own so I had some disposable income like in my you know 20s but I didn't just go and take classes yeah because I had no responsibilities at that point in time Um, and and now it's just you know it's impossible but I yeah I mean it's it's something that I've always been interested like I watch YouTube videos on like how to you know shoot and what the proper form is but I don't have a bow <laughs> well, I'm not use any of this stuff, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe one day I might have to wait till the kids are out of the house. And they're, they're do college. it, just do it. <laughs> Chase your dreams. Yes, absolutely. There's so no we'll time do. like the present. <laughs> yeah. Great. So look, we hope you found today's episode informative. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe, drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page, facebookcom Fatigue. That's P A P A. E-S-T-F-A-T-I-G-U-E. Thanks for listening.